You are listening to Echo's brand new podcast. Hello and welcome back to Echo the Podcast. In this episode, we are chatting with Grayson Chance, who became famous when he covered Lady Gaga's um, notable song, Paparazzi. He later on went on to Ellen to perform and soon went on to become a heartthrob in the music industry. Since then, he has released his album back in 2019 called Portraits, and he is back with new music, which is out right now, his new single, Hellboy. We are chatting with him right now about his brand new single and his upcoming second album. Tune in for more. You're releasing a new song, Hellboy, on a yes. Friday. Is this the start of your second album? Yeah, so the first single was a song called Holy Feeling. Um, that was like my declared first single. Um, long story short, you know, I, uh, as everybody in 2020, you know, I had a really good plan going into the year. Um, and then I don't know if you heard there was a global pandemic. And so it kind of, it kind of ruptured up some things. And so 2020, I released, um, a few different songs while I was kind of writing for an album. Um, and you know, at the top of the year in 2021, we, we had things pretty firmed up. And so Holy Feeling was the first single. This is the second single. And I'm excited to announce that, um, next week, uh, the fans will be getting a lot more information on the body of work. Um, and so they'll get, um, a release date and, um, a name and a cover next week. So it's very exciting. Well, that is something to look forward to for sure. Um, so kind of talk about like, what was creating Hellboy for you? Like what was like, cause so it's not your first single for the second album, but it's your second single. So like, what has the creative process been like for this time around compared to your first album? Yeah. Well, you know, for, uh, back in 2019, that's when I had, um, my record portraits come out and, you know, I call it my debut, but I mean, technically my first album came out when I was 14, um, when I was still signed to Ellen DeGeneres. And so this was kind of portraits was me coming back to music, um, for the first time in so many years. And what I told myself with that record was that I had I had to remain authentic and I had to remain honest. Um, and that's the reason why I think the album came out in the way that it did. And so with this body of work coming up, it was, um, it was a struggle to get back into the studio again and remember kind of that, that rebel kid that came in to record portraits because now I was signed to a big label. Um, you know, we had a lot of other things going on. I had a lot of voices kind of in my head. And so it took me a minute, um, I think, to kind of reclaim my voice and find it. And Hellboy was a great example of, you know, kind of my um, my favorite version of me when I create, which is kind of off the cuff. I'm, I'm inspired by everything. And the song was I wrote it in Nashville. And the morning that we went into the studio that day, I bought like this kick ass pair of red leather high heel boots that made me like genuinely probably like six, six or six, seven. Um, and I went into the studio and I said, we're writing a song about sex today and I'm wearing red leather and let's go. And we just had so much fun. And so that that's the type of, um, songwriting that I love. That's kind of off the cuff. That's real. That's inspired. Um, and so Hellboy is, is just an, um, an embrace of me being six, seven and, and high heel boots. Can we expect you rocking those boots in your live shows? Absolutely. Will if you, you clearly have not, you didn't see the portraits world tour. Cause I had a pair of platforms that were like 
10 inches big that were, uh, that were, I think some really good Rick Owens knockoffs. Um, and I, I wore those all across the world for 118 shows. Oh my God. Wow. And I tripped so many fucking times. <laughs> um, I did. I, I saw your portrait. I wasn't your, it was in Boston. I must've just not been paying attention to your shoes, I guess, but also it was, which, which show did you see in Boston? What venue? Um, what was it? Sonia? It was it Sonia nightclub. I think it was called. A Sonia. Yeah, we did play Sonia. So you saw the first iteration of the tour. So on the second one is when I had the shoes. Uh, okay. 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 So, yeah, okay. I, you pass, you pass. Bro. <laughs> my friend Amelia saw, saw that show though. The second one. Um, so she was honored to see the, <laughs> the boots then. <laughs> but um, what were like your emotions? What were your feelings like? going in working on your second kind of album in a way. Cause I know you created music when you were on Ellen, but I'm assuming you were like, you know, you were 14. So your music was definitely different. You're more authentic. Now you've, you know, gone through more life experiences. So like what were your emotions and what were like kind of your, you know, feelings going in to create your second album, like working on your second album? Um, I was incredibly nervous. Um, and I was for a large part of writing it in really, really down on myself. I had very low levels of self-confidence, um, because I, you know, it's such a tricky, tricky space to be in as an artist, you know, you're kind of, um, you're all of a sudden thrown into this arena and, and you're, and it's said, okay, here's the deadline. Here's how much time you have, make it amazing. Um, and for me, that's, I've never the best music that I've ever written has come from when I've had no pressure around me, when I've just been at my piano, you know, writing what's kind of true to form. And so for this, um, for this record, I, I was really, really nervous. I was really in my head all the time. Um, and it genuinely took me just a, a long amount of time and patience to be kind to myself and to say, okay, let's get back to the basics of pen and paper piano and voice, what, what do I want to say? Um, and so what's cool about, um, this one coming up is that it's still me telling my story. You know, what I will continually tell my fans is that if you want to know what happened to me in 2020, play that thing top to bottom and it's all in there. Um, and so I laid it out, uh, on this record. And your fans are very, from what I've seen at your shows and also LA pride, um, Cause I was there in 2019, your fans are very uh, like, you know, authentic and, um, you know, I'm blanking on the word, but they're, they're just, they're hardcore fans. What do you think? I don't know if you can name the song, but what song do you think fans will go the hardest for? Cause I, I'm going to guess the last album, the fans went the hardest for a uh, black on black. So yeah. <laughs> um, what, I don't know if you can name it, but like, is there a song you think that fans will go hard like they did for Black and Black? There's, listen, a, a lot of people would listen to Holy Feeling and then play Hellboy and they'd go, what the hell are you doing? You can't do that. And I, I'm saying, why not? Um, you know, I, I love music of all shapes, sizes, genres. That's what this album is. That's what this record is. And so um, this is going to be an entire flip from what you saw from me in that first single. And I love that. That's what I love to do. So I think fans are really going to enjoy this. And 
of course I have a, we have some amazing remixes lined up too. And, um, I'm, I'm very aware that we might all be getting back to dancing this summer. So, uh, we, we prep for that. Don't worry. And yeah, I mean, speaking of getting back to things this summer, you finally, you announced tour dates for Europe. I saw, um, what was that feeling like getting to finally just announce tour dates after like, what has it been a year yeah. and a half so far? Like, what was that? Re- was that relieving for you? I'm sure it was. Yeah. Well, this announcement is the reschedules reschedule. <laughs> so at this point right now, um, what I'm most concerned about is not only can we like legally play by following, you know, local guidelines, wherever we're at, but also to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to play any shows where I feel my fans are going to potentially be at risk. So for us, I'm taking every precaution. I'm going to encourage my fans at any shows that we have coming up this year to wear their mask, um, to be as safe as they can be. I'm also very, you know, much so encouraging my fans to get vaccinated because for me, I think one of the reasons why I felt so low in 2020, like so many people is that, you know, being a queer kid, um, we're used to isolation, but where we have to go find our community is out in the club. It's out in the bar, it's out at concerts and venues. And so for me, I felt like this, um, it was a different type of isolation this time, you know, it was just me in there and, um, and it, it was tough and, you know, I am, I'm a performer. That's what I love to do. And so I'm really, really ready to get, um, to get back, uh, to get back on stage. You mentioned like this year was like very, I mean, it was only for everyone, but specifically like, you know, people of color, people in the LGBTQ community, like they rely on community a lot and um, they kind of lost that and they were affected the most just because, you know, they struggle the most. Um, yeah. What, what kind of advice did you try to give to your fans over this pandemic to like, you know, not feel so alone and like to like, you know, reach out for help if they needed it? You know, I, I felt as if my advice to not only my fans, but to myself was, was similar to what I would say outside of the pandemic, which is reach out. You know, that that's the biggest thing is that, um, I, I know that I have really good friends in my life and people that love me and support me, but I also know that I'm very strong willed. And when I'm hurting, I, I feel this tendency to not reach out because I don't want to bother them. I don't want to stress them out. I want to appear strong. Right. Um, and, and that is, you know, something that I work on and something that I encourage my fans to work on. And so during the pandemic, it was take advantage of social media, take advantage of FaceTime, um, you know, call upon these people to help you out because it's very likely that they're struggling too. Um, you know, so I was just trying to, um, give a sense of community, but also it's the catch 22 of me feeling like, um, a a psychopath sometimes getting on social media and going, I can't handle this anymore. So I was also telling my fans, you know, pick up the phone when you need it, but when you need to put it down, do that too. Um, and, and so it was just, I think 2020 was a great lesson in balance, right? Yeah, for sure. I think. I think 2020 was a lot of learning about yourselves in a way. I mean, I, I definitely think it was like that for a lot of people. Um, yeah. Since hopefully you're going to get back on tour soon, um, hopefully this year, but what venue 
this might upset fans if you answer this, so I don't know if you can answer this, but what venue are you most excited to get back to? Um, if, if I can go, you know, I really can't say where we're playing in New York, but if I get to play on that stage, I've seen so many shows there and, and I'm just, um, I'm, I'm such a fan of the venue. It's really historic. It's not fucking Madison square garden. We're not there yet. <laughs> I can avoid dream and avoid can work hard, but it's a really, really historic venue. And, um, I, I think that would be the moment for me when I would get on stage back in New York where I think it would feel uh, the most like, okay, we made it, we survived, we're still here. If you could set up a fan in a setting for them to listen to your music, like somewhere, someplace, um, what setting would that be? For me, I, it would be in Oklahoma. It would be on a lot of dirt roads that I grew up on. And it would, it would be just windows down in the middle of the summer blasting this stuff. Um, because that's always sort of, that's my ideal time. Um, I'm a sun junkie, so I love the summer. I'm, I'm not a fan of the cold. And, and that's what I always kind of harken back to that. If, if the song is not good with the windows down, then, then you have a huge problem. Right. And so I live in that space all the time. Um, and so I, I think that would be the setting that I'd, I'd bring them into. That's a really good question, by the way. That's cool. Thank you. Um, yeah. No, I definitely put the windows down. That is the most fun. It's just like when you feel the most free. So, of course. Um, I'm looking forward to that album now. Yeah. Um, and then, what is one quote that you've heard in life that you'd want to echo out to your fans? Yeah, something that I've kept, um, that I've kept so, so close to my heart was Cindy Lauper telling me, um, she said, you can only get struck by lightning if you stand out in the rain. And I've been doing this now in music for 11 years. And I've had a lot of low moments where I did not want to go out and stand in the rain, but I did. And, um, and I'm still here now. Inspiring. Sydney Lopper told you that. Yeah. Her and I are good, good friends. Oh, wow. She, he calls me all the time in the middle of the night and it's very, very frightening because when Cindy Lauper calls you, you have to answer no matter what you're doing. <laughs> I would uh -huh. feel pressured not like to not to answer. Like I'd be like, Oh my God, Cindy Lauper, I need to answer. Like, sorry, mom. Yeah. I, I would, I would interrupt anything to answer her phone call. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast episode with grace and chance make sure you listen to hellboy which is out right now and make sure you stay up to date with grace and chance on social media as he is announcing his second album very soon make sure you follow along with echo on instagram twitter facebook and pinterest thanks for listening to our podcast here at echo